This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest. Trading Nutty, episode 206. I've built an EA that is uh, capable of doing an analysis from weekly to the one-minute perspective. Um, so if price is moving into a direction, it is able to, to scan the weekly and the daily zones. And within a daily zone, it's, it's capable to find a four-hour or one-hour zone. And even if you zoom into the one-hour zone, for example, uh, it is capable to detect uh, one or five-minute break of structures. And uh, it is also capable to execute on the mitigation, uh, even on the one-minute time frame. But what, what I've seen a lot is that uh, a lot of SMC, classic SMC traders are not profitable as well as the EA is not profitable. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to the Christmas edition of the Trading Up podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Ruben on the show. Now, Ruben is one of my Robot Builder Club members who's gone on to do some amazing things. In fact, he's managed to beat out the manual traders at the fund that he's now working at uh, with his Algo Trading Solutions. So, folks, you're going to hear all about that coming up in the show. Now, we do get into some technical terms here, so if you are a manual trader, don't worry, there's stuff in the show for you. So you've got to listen through the whole thing to get the gold because there's all sorts of gold in here. Um, other things we talk about, uh, yeah, as a technical terms, EAs, stands for Expert Advisor, which is essentially a trading robot. Um, and there are some other things like Quant Analyzer as a tool to analyze data, Curve Fitting Optimization are techniques to uh, find uh, or look at your back test or historical tests and analyze that sort of stuff as well. So folks, that's all coming up. And we do have a proof video from Ruben at the very end of the interview. So you're going to see his portfolio, um, how it's been tracking over the past, I think it's like almost eight months uh, and you're going to see how that's progressing and I believe I can't remember if it's his personal or the I think it's his personal portfolio but he's running a variation of that at the fund now um, other things talking about robots and Robot Builders Club, I'm going to run a special offer on the Robot Builders Club this Christmas New Year period so folks if you want to get your hands on that and into the community, we're having some great fun over there. We've got weekly live streams happening for the Robot Lab part of it. We've got the uh, Robot Builders Club where you're going to learn how to build anything uh, similar to what Ruben's going to talk about today uh, without doing any coding whatsoever. And it can be semi-automated, fully automated. It's up to you. Okay, so go and check that out. Links under the video or in the podcast description. Uh, after listening to this and hunt around for that special offer over the break. Now, uh, other things before we jump in. One last thing. So we've got Fidel Crest here, uh, the sponsor of the Trading Up podcast. They are also doing a Christmas special, two-for-one Christmas special. You're going to hear about that in the ad in a second. Um, but the other thing they did, which is quite interesting, is they offered up a one-day, get funded in one day. So past the challenge, past the verification stage, and get your funding in one day. And they've 
found their first trader and it's literally only been a week. Uh, I've just found that out. So it's quite amazing. I'm going to see if I can get this guy on the show in the future in 2023. So fingers crossed we can make that happen. But yeah, this guy managed to do the whole thing in one day and I think he even made a $30,000 withdrawal. So well worth going and checking out that and their two for one Christmas offer. So yeah, you get two for one um, challenges. So you buy one challenge and you're going to get an extra one for free. All right, folks. So that is coming up uh, on the show. Now, before we get into everything, I do want to say thank you very much for being a subscriber, follower, liker, whatever you are, or a new listener to the Trading Up podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being here in 2022. We will be having an episode in between the Christmas break and New Year's, so don't worry about that. But yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for uh, subscribing to the channel, liking the videos, and have a great Christmas New Year period with your family, friends, whoever you're going to spend it with. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, guys, let's hear from Fidel Crest and get on with the show. Hey folks, great news. My sponsor, Fidelcrest, are running their mega Christmas offer again until December 25th, 2022. You get two trading challenge accounts for the price of one. Simply use promo code Xmas-2 for one at checkout. And to get started, simply click the link in the description. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Nut. We've got a bit of a special episode uh, ready for you today. We've got uh, one of my clients from the Robot Builders Club, who's actually gone on to do some great things. Uh, he's here in the house. It's Ruben from the Netherlands. Welcome to the show, and I'm going to tell people what you've done in a second. So, yeah, welcome. Thanks, Gal. Um, so Ruben's been with uh, me at the Robot Builders Club for a couple of years now, and he's managed to not just create himself a portfolio of trading robots that uh, are pretty profitable. Let's say just pretty pro- You know, We'll see see some stats and stuff later on, but they're, they're pretty doing pretty well. But he's actually got himself, uh, well, they've done so well that he's got himself into a fund, uh, an actual hedge fund, where he is doing the automated trading for this fund and on behalf of this fund. So um, it is great to uh, to have you on, to hear your story, to find out how you managed to get to this point um, and what it took. So to start off with, do you want to let the listeners, watchers know a little bit about you, how you got into trading and your journey today? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um to start with my story, I believe it was four, four and a half years ago where I started manual trading. And it started really like with a small account, you know, 5,000 euros. Try, I had saved some money. And from there on, I was trying to, to let it gain. And my, I, within, a, you know, within a, a few months, I saw that... Um, there were a lot of fluctuations into my balance and it was all due psychology and emotions. And overall, I believe I lost my account or blow up my account within six, seven weeks or so. And what I did, I started a new account, a new challenge for myself and add some new money into the, into the account. And after a few months, I blowed it again. Um, and again and again and again it was for me really hard to learn it in uh, in the right way as most people say and it, it had all something to do with um, psychology and emotions and um, i have several degrees in mechanical engineering and from there on um, i started with really basic i've learned to um, code in a really simple way like c plus plus and um, doing a lot of function block diagrams and projects 
both pneumatic and hydraulic um, uh, drills. Uh, drills? Yeah. Uh, drills like drills uh, and. Let's let's call it projects. Okay. <laughs> from there on, yeah, from there on, I combined my uh, manual trading skills with um, uh, my uh, programming skills, if you may call it like that. And I was searching on YouTube how to build EAs, and there I found your course. And so I bought your course, and from there on, uh, everything's history. And in the beginning, I I think I was. Um, pretty active in your course or in your community and asking a lot of things on how to build things and how things are working. And from there on, I was doing more and more on myself. And I found a few good people. Um, also from your Robot Builders Club, they are not in it anymore, but um, I met them at your site. And right now we are developing and testing several yeah, several systems, new systems, um, new software to manage several or or uh, a few EAs combined in terms of drawdown, risk, um, copy software to to transfer trades from uh, terminal A to B and to C and so on. So so how did so let's hear the story around how you actually you know, took the learnings from the course and then developed this uh, this trading robot. How you got to the point, I mean, you must have had failure, failures along the way and disappointments to the point where something clicked and, and it finally came right. I mean, what was the, how did that journey look to you? Yeah, first I was trading a lot of uh, private money and um, I failed a lot. And that was all due to emotions and psychology. And so hang on, you're trading, you're trading a lot of private money, other people's money at that point? No, 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 just my own money. Ah, right, my, okay, my, right. So you yeah. you were putting the robots on your own money and then... Yeah, it was... manual. I was, I was, um, running, I was uh, managing my own money with manual trading strategies. Okay. And um, I was not consistent because uh, there were a lot of uh, external factors that uh, impact my manual trading. So from there on, I started building EAs and was sharing a lot of um, EAs that I have built and um, developed and tested. I was sharing a lot of things about that on social media. And the guys I'm working for right now uh, has also have their own course, like the new Capital FX strategy and buy system. And um, from there on, I know Max. And Max is one of the founders of the fund I'm working for right now. Um, and he was seeing what I was doing. Uh, and then he was asking me, from, hey, Ruben, do you want to go, come over for uh, a cup of coffee? So we did it twice, or maybe yeah, we did it twice. And the third time, uh, they offered me um, a job. And um, I accept the job and from, I believe I'm working two years to almost two, two and a half years working for them in a team with uh, a few other guys. We have quite a small team and we are developing and testing EAs and um, also EAs that we have found on the internet and projects and several strategies we are building, testing ideas, uh, discussing um, uh, strategies at the fund and from there on trying to 
create um, the holy grail portfolio as a lot of people know call yeah. it um, and I think we have quite a good portfolio built right now and it will definitely um, um, it will definitely okay I don't know carry on to the future so so just everyone so ruben's english isn't it's not his first language and he's already told me that he's probably no, gonna, definitely not. gonna stumble not stumble now and again so when he stops talking like that i'll fill in the blanks here so uh, i mean i've seen this seen the stats and what we'll do is we'll probably get a screenshot up of your uh portfolio yeah, okay. today and it, it looks pretty good not, not just right now we'll put it up on the show notes and and what have you uh so Let's go back into when you were like creating these early strategies before you got found. Where did you get to? Like, what were you doing at that point? And were you had you got to the point where things were actually, you know, upward sloping? Uh, at, at the first, at the uh, at the beginning, I was searching and looking at your site and at your community and discussing with a few other guys um, and sharing ideas. And it starts really easy with um, moving average crossovers and uh, different risk to rewards and some trading stops and some management. And from there on, uh, you are trying to implement some indicators and make systems more complex and complex. And what I've done as well is I've automated the whole uh, smart money concept. Um, I've built an EA that is uh, capable of doing an analysis from weekly to the one minute perspective. Um, so if price is moving into a direction, it is able to to scan the weekly and the daily zones. And within a daily zone, it's it's capable to find a four hour or one hour zone. And even if you zoom into the one hour zone, for example, uh, it is capable to detect a one or five minute break of structures and uh, it is also capable to execute on the mitigation uh, even on the one minute time frame. But what, what I've seen a lot is that uh, a lot of SMC, classic SMC traders are not profitable as well as the EA is not profitable. And yes, it is true that I'm capable to trade 1 to 10s, 1 to 20, uh, 1 to 20s, and sometimes 1 to 30s um, with an EA. But the main problem is that you will have a lot of other trades uh, that are doing minus 1, minus 1, minus 1, and so on. Right. Um, so on the lower time frames, it is really hard because SMC is kind of subjective and it is not, the approach is not mechanical enough to, to, to let it work, for example, on EURUSD, because I've tested EURUSD a lot. And along the building process and along the testing process, you've got, you are going to get new IDs. And those new IDs, um, you are going to test and build. And what I've found out is that you see that a lot of breakout strategies are more, um, uh, are easier to build. And it looks like that the average breakout strategy is performing better than a uh, mean reversion or uh, an SMC project or uh, a whole indicator-based project. Mm -hmm. um, so in my portfolio right now, and, and I have two different portfolios, I need to tell you something about it. Um, I have a portfolio for myself, private. Uh, I'm using uh, some private money, my own money. Um, on that portfolio, 
and uh, not all the systems or the EAs that are running in my own portfolio are suitable for the bigger money uh, like for the hedge fund. Because when you're trying to execute, let's say, 50, 75, or at least more than 100 lots, um, you, have to, uh, you have to have some serious good conditions to execute in terms of slippage and stress. And the average retail broker conditions are better than um, the institutional um, conditions. Um, and we had some problems or problems we had some um, we had some bad experience experiences uh, during a CBI event. And um, what we have seen is that there was uh, spreads gone really wide because uh, a few seconds before or uh, I believe it was a few seconds before CPI, all the banks were uh, deleting their orders. So there was not much liquidity in the order book. So spread gone is really wild. And from there on, uh, some conditions were triggered within our EAs. Uh, and that was not the big issue. But the big issue was there was no liquidity to fill our orders and also to not fill our stop losses. So uh, we have experience that um, that it is capable to lose a lot of money within a really short period of time even if it's not um, difficult even if it's not um, a fault or something into into the EA and it, did you come did you come up with a way to to build around that um, yes and no um, you can do several things in an EA, but you are also heavy um, exposed to market liquidity. And if you're in a trade or trying to execute a trade or um, want to fill your stop loss, for example, um, you are yeah, you are heavily, heavily, heavily exposed to liquidity. So if there is no liquidity, yeah, you you will not get filled for let's say one percent risk, but you will lose five or six percent risk. Mm. And, and that's something that's happened in my own private portfolio as well. Uh, I have I have run run um, one EA that was really sensitive to volume, like uh, volatility, volatility spikes, and I've seen it during another CPI event as well, especially with the CPI events uh, now in the days because they um, they bring a lot. Um, uh, uh, they bring a lot, how you say. Visibility. I, I know with CPI at the moment, with inflation being quite high. Yeah, uh, all the inflation yeah, has some major impacts on the market. Yeah, um, whereas it didn't used to be as prevalent, but now because inflation's yeah. on the rise, everyone's doing crazy things when the CPI announcements hit. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, um, we have several systems running on my my own, my private portfolio, and uh, several uh, systems running for the fund. Um, and so, what, and so, so can you talk us through like developing these systems in terms of like what were the, some of the key learnings you had around making things a bit more uh, robust and something that was gave you confidence to run it on a on your own private fund or for for the fund. I believe testing a good way to how you develop an EA and, and the strategy behind it is really important in terms of how do you test your EA. Um, let's 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 take an example. If you have a strategy on the one minute or on the five minute, it's really sensitive to data differences. Um, it's also 
depends a little on the strategy, but it's also really sensitive to spreads, commissions, and uh, liquidity. So what you need to do if you a lot of what you need to do if you trying or want to test uh, a sensitive strategy is that you will set up all your um, conditions in the right way. And if you are downloading data from Tick Manager or Tick Suit um, Manager, you have several different um, Tick Manager Tick data providers. It's really important to um, use the right right settings for the strategy because if you are I can let, let's 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 tell it a little bit different. I can show you the most beautiful backtest um, you have ever seen, like a holy grail backtest. Mm. But it doesn't make any sense because the conditions where it's tested on are definitely not reliable to live market circumstances. And um, that's also or um, if you are going to do some optimizations as well, please make sure you are um, not optimizing moving average, for example, uh, for every each point, like one, two, three, four, five. No, choose five, 10, 15, 20 EMAs, uh, the periods. And, and because what I've seen is that systems that are way too optimized or way too over, over are over optimized will not perform as good um, in live circumstances compared to back tests and it all has something to do with the testing method um, the settings uh, over optimization if or not and uh, i must say all the systems we are using right now has uh, none of them is optimized so a system is working. It's, these are these systems are quite simple, but simplicity is key in my opinion. So what you see is that the most of, most of the systems we are running are really simple, are not optimized, are tested very well over a period of at least six, seven, eight, sometimes ten or fifteen years. Depends on the strategy how much trades it's taken over an X period of time. Um, yeah, and what you see in my private portfolio or in my own portfolio is that there are a few additions um, compared to the, the, the portfolio of the fund and it has all something to do with spreads and during spread hour or liquidity fails and uh, kind of brokers uh, we are using um, yeah and do you have like a sort of set uh, set of rules that you use to do your optimization or when you're running the back test, it's like here are the things that I've written down, like a list, a checklist of rules that you go through to to make sure that you've you know you don't over optimize or curve fit a strategy. No, because I never went too deep in optimizing uh, optimizations, and um, and I believe the strategy is working or it is not working, and we are not focusing too long on just one strategy. We will work a few. We will work a few days, maybe a few weeks, but that's really the max. Um, to and what what do you define as like as in form. as in it's a strategy is working or not working? What would be a working strategy versus a not working one for you? Uh, you you build a strategy for example 10, 15, let's say one hundred blocks, and um, 
one of the first tests, tests you are doing, you will choose a few different pairs, like your USB, USB, GPI, um, and then you know there are different market behaviors between the pairs. The characteristics of those pairs are different. So if your USD is going down, USD GPI is going down, and GU, for example, is also going down on your chart, um, you can assume that the EA has not a great edge, or the risk to reward is not good, but overall the EA is not performing on three different pairs with three whole direct, three whole uh, different um, characteristics. Um, and then we can tweak some small things to try to let it work, but overall if it's not working after the few tweaks, okay, we say next to the next strategy, working on to the next one. And we are not going to opt optimize um, and put that, that much time into a strategy because we believe that the most simple strategies um, will work. And that that is something that will make us um, different than other um, uh, funds, I guess. And, and so like when you say you don't even, you know, you, you'll sort of, I suppose, what's the word? Uh, set a strategy in stone and test it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You'll spend three days doing it. Would you try things out like, uh, you know, say you say you went for one to one risk to reward? Would you try out one to two, one to three? Yeah. Or would you go that far or, or not? Yeah, yeah, we will definitely do uh, a few tests like that, but we are not going to use any optimizations like uh, calculate the most optimal, opti optimized uh, risk to reward. Yeah, uh, we will do it. Well, we will do it manually because, um, in our opinion, it's better to do things uh, manually or just uh, optimize it with. Um, values that make sense, like 5, 10, 20, 25, and not 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, there is a bit of what I say you could call optimization in there in terms of you are looking to see if there are strategies within the strategy, but, but they're yeah, not... In a logical way. Yeah, in a logical way that's not uh, curve-fitting it. It's not like trying to find the perfect solution. You're just yeah. trying to put in different parameters, which do make sense. Yeah, and so would you like, for example, um, select certain times of the day or certain days of the week to try yeah. and see what if we do work better on those? Or is that too much yeah, of an optimization for you? Yeah, uh, we will use Strategy Quant Analyzer to see uh, how a strategy performs and um, which days, months, hours, uh, all that kind of stuff, and what kind of impact a time filter will have on uh, several strategies. Uh, it all depends on the strategy, but you have strategies that have uh, kind of sessions that are really sensitive to sessions or opening of sessions or closing to sessions. And uh, we will avoid some spread hours. So what we are trying to do is to find out um, which period of the day have which impact on the performance of the EA or performance of yeah, the, the portfolio overall. And so, say you uh, say you ran a back test uh, across ten years. What would be numbers that you would say like this test has hit all the numbers? What are your sort of benchmarks as as to as to stats that you would have seen? Recovery it? time. 
recovery yes. time is one is it's one really big um, issue for us. Sorry, and what was that? The uh, the I missed that. Sorry, something off time. time. Recovery, recovery time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, imagine if an EA has ten percent drawdown a year. You do not want to uh, wait for at least a year to recover from the ten percent drawdown. In our opinion, that's not that's not a good solution. That's not a good EA, and that will not fit within our portfolio. What you will, what you're trying to make, what you want to see is uh, recovery times of a month, two months, maybe three months. Because if you are uh, going into drawdown, you want to be as quickly as possible uh, out of that drawdown. And, and what about other other things? Sorry, man. Go on. Carry on. Even if the curve is really I'm not smooth, not smooth enough because then you will not have the drawdown. But even if you have a good curve and it is profitable year to year, uh, a lot of strategies are not allowed to to uh, come into our portfolio because simply the recovery time is too big. Right. And so, what about if there was a like a stagnating kind of strategy where you know one year it didn't make any money, it didn't really lose any, didn't go into a lot of drawdown, it was pretty much yeah. flat. If we have uh, stagnation or diminishing returns on, uh, a self, on a specific pair, what we are trying to do is find a second or a third pair, and that will, um, how do you call it in English? Um, Offset this, this, the flat period? Yeah, that will help um, the diminishing period or the stagnation period uh, pass away and that you can still make some money in that period with adding a second or a third pair. Right. Okay. And so, so you're not, from what I'm hearing, you're not that concerned with things like um, uh, how many trades it's taking per year? Uh, that, or... Yeah, that all depends on the strategy. Uh, yeah. We have strategies that are working on the day and we have strategies that are trading in five minutes. And um, because that diversification uh, on the time frames, you will also see an, a lot different amount of trades taken over an X period of time. And yeah, of course, that has a huge impact on the portfolio. But that's 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 something you need in a good portfolio, in my opinion. It's really important to have several strategies, but also on different time frames with with a different amount of trades taken over a period of time. So so how many trades would be too fewer trades for you to like feel confident in a in a strategy performing into the future? I'm not I'm not specific what uh, specific uh, focusing on just one strategy. I'm focusing on how will this strategy uh, fits into my uh, portfolio. Yeah. And that can be one trade a month, that can be one trade a day. Um, but overall, it needs to fit. So I'm not focusing too much on, on just that one EA or one strategy. Yeah, but I'm, I suppose the question I'm asking is, if if you're getting one trade a month, would you want to see 30 months worth of trades before you, and like, okay, it's, it's had 30 trades, I've got to feel that this strategy is going to be performing yeah, like this in the future? That's, or that's, that's an issue because um, if you have, for example, one trade a month, uh, you want to see, first of all, for, before adding it to your portfolio, you want to see a live backtest or live running test as well. And the period of your testing period with one trade a month will be maybe a year or longer. Um, 
So these strategies are not commonly used. So we what, have, what, 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 okay, sorry. No, no, we have one strategy that is setting trades once in two, three weeks, but that's the max. Right. So what would be the most common uh, time frame or time period that your strategies would trade from a frequency point of view? So like once at, a week? At the, moment, yeah, at the moment, I have probably around five trades a day. Right. With multiple strategies, though. With multiple strategies. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think that's, that's really necessary um, to not be... Um, too much exposed to specific market behavior. But what most people do is that they are focusing on just one strategy, one EA, and they are trying to get the 10% a month to pass their funding or all that kind of stuff. But what I'm doing is I'm just focusing on an EA that is capable of doing 2% a month and trying to find five different strategies that are combined doing 10% a month. That does, that, that that diversification is really, really important. But if you see that the market is changing during COVID or during high or low inflation numbers and all that kind of stuff, you will see that the market is really um, behave different. Mm. And with that in mind, do do you have a, a rolling strategy kind of strategy overarching approach should i say uh whereby if you know the market does change and one strategy performs outside of what it's normal uh yeah, yeah. instead of normal for it do you remove it and replace it with another strategy or anything like that yeah, i have i have experienced the minus six percent uh slippage trade on one of my eas uh, and what i've done is uh, i've put the ea off because the market is too volatile at the moment and that has all something to do with um, uh, with specific events like a CBI or an NFP. If there are any miscalculations or misexpectations, um, then market will change in direction so quick uh, without enough liquidity, and that system will uh, perform worse. And I've noticed it once, and um, um, I do not notice it do not want to experience uh, it twice. Um, so I've turned out, turned off the system and I didn't replace it, but I recalculated the portfolio with strategy quant. And from there on, um, of course, the diversification will be a little bit lower, but it has not uh, such a big impact uh, on the performance because yeah, we have five or six, uh, several, or five or six, um, other EAs as well. And and is your goal to sort of keep adding to this portfolio of EAs yeah, yeah, yeah. and just stack Reduce on top? Risk. Okay, yeah. yeah. It, oh, yeah. And so, how do you work out the uh, the the amount that you're going to risk per strategy within the portfolio? Um, for my own money, private, I will do everything one percent risky trades. But um, yeah. The most ideal situation, in my opinion, is to, to stack strategies and to stack EAs and reduce that risk and to smooth um, your to, to make your balance curve or your equity curve more smooth to reduce your overall drawdown. And I think that's capable um, 
but yeah, it's really hard to find good working strategies. So, you, so you on that topic, you talked about breakouts as like a sort of way that you went move forward. Funnily enough, we had Mister Breakout uh, uh, Thomas Nesnadale on the show not too long ago. Uh, I have you listened to his stuff, and did you learn anything from him? No, to be honest, uh, I haven't watched it. No. Okay, cool. And so, um, what, why did you stumble on breakouts, and and what? And are you purely looking at breakouts in your, in terms of your trading there? Um, what I've noticed, we have built a lot of, of, of different systems, and just for my own experience, is that it looks like the breakout systems are easier to build or easier to uh, easier to build. It's not the the right thing, but it's it looks like it's easier to build a good working breakout strategy than um, any other kind of strategy in terms of indicator based or uh, um, yeah. And, and how do you come up with your ideas for trading, uh, to, for, for identifying breakouts and trading those kind of strategies? Please again? Uh, how do you come up with the ideas for your breakout strategies? It, it's just an experience. Um, when you are building and testing, you will get new ideas. And the, the really good thing about the fund is that we are discussing at the office uh, about our own experiences. And then we are, uh, yeah, then the great ideas will start. So in terms of like being a, if you're a manual trader and listening to the show and you're thinking, well, I'm not, you know, automated trading isn't for me. It sounds too technical. I mean, how do you draw the correlation or the sort of, uh, yeah, the correlation between manual trading and automated trading? What's the sort of, what's your view on, on each? I mean, you, you can do it in different steps. We have did it. Uh, as well. Um, we have manual traders uh, working for the fund as well, but we also have uh, trying to build some uh, hybrid systems. That means in the morning we are doing our um, analysis, manual on the charts, especially if you have a really subjective strategy. And what I've done, I've built a hybrid EA. Um, let's, for example, if you uh, want to trade a specific area on the chart, but not want to watch the trade uh, or uh, the, the possibility of that trade the whole day. Um, you put just one line um, on the chart and the expert advisor, the EA, is capable of uh, detecting a break of that line. And uh, it depends on how you create your EA, of course. But after detecting that line, you can build in several conditions uh, for execution or not. And in that way, you can be a manual trader combined with uh, some uh, automations and uh, you do not want to or you do not have to uh, sit behind your desk a whole day and you are still a manual trader. And if, if you look at the fund um, without obviously probably, you know, annoying your colleagues, do, does the automated trading, how does the automated trading compare to the the manual trading and or the semi-automated trading what one what one yeah. what one does the best or it overall the automated systems are performing uh, much more better than uh, all the manual trading strategies at the moment yeah right and and by how much um i think the automation the automated strategies are performing twice times better than the manual trading does and there you will what we experience is that the human the human 
uh, things of life or to be, how do you say, um, the human things in life uh, have a significant impact on the manual trading compared to um, the EAs. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. It, all, it, it all depends on the strategy because we have strategies that are providing setups uh, 24 hours a day. And uh, yeah, you need to sleep as well. Mm. And um, yeah, then you are missing trades or not managing trades in a correct way because simply yeah, you need to sleep. Yeah. And if you had to sort of break the trading down into like, or some of the strategies down from, I suppose, maybe, maybe a variation, uh, I mean, what would like, on one strategy, your risk to reward be and win rate. What would that look like on one of the strategies? Just pick a, a random one. Yeah, the actual win rate of um, one EA I've developed is around fifty-five percent, and it has a take profit or risk to reward of a little bit more than one to two. Right. Okay. And it has a, a life track record of uh, almost a year right now. Right. Awesome. And so, uh, and what would be like a different kind of one like that was completely different from that? Um, yeah, we how higher the risk to reward? Well, either like a lower or a really high win rate, and a and a lower or a really high risk to yeah, reward. What, what, what we will see is that we have one system that's trading a kind of higher risk to reward, and yeah, of course the the win rate is. Uh, around 20 to 40 percent i don't remember exactly um but i believe somewhere there in between okay and and what about correlation so you 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 know you've got you're trading mainly currencies by the looks of it yeah what about correlations around those and how do you deal with that um it all depends on the strategy um if you are trading the gpi pairs for example you have of course, a high uh, correlation uh, on the behavior of the uh, Japanese yen. Um, but if you are trading that on different time frames with different strategies, your correlation could be kind of zero. Uh, but yeah, it, I think there is not one simple answer to that question. It's not, um, how do you say, it's not that easy. And what about like news trading? Do you uh, or red news? Do you have to factor that in? Do you turn off the the EAs at, when your red news events come or anything like that? At the moment, we are trading during news, but um, what we noticed is that um, liquidity get less and less, or at least volatility increase and the liquidity decrease. Um, so the last few months, we see a negative impact during news events on our performance. Um, so we are, mm, we are, uh, we don't know if we are going to use any kind of news filters. So first of all, we need to, 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 to see how much impact it has on the further development of our portfolio, uh, become, because it can work out, um, uh, in several directions. If you're already in a trade, it could be a really quick uh, take profit. And on the other hand, it can be a really quick stop loss as well. So in the longer term, um, I think the impact will average out. But it really depends, again, on what kind of strategy you are trading. Imagine if you are trading a breakout strategy, um, a high volatility or some a, a few or a huge move um, can 
um, allow EA to execute because there is a breakout somewhere. And if you see um, that, that liquidity spike or that that overall move um, gets back to where it's coming from, yeah, then you will have, for example, depends on the strategy, uh, a really quick stop loss. So, yeah, again, and there is no there is no quick answer to that question. And and do you, most of your strategies have, uh, or do you prefer to use like a fixed take profit stop loss, no trade management, or do you always yeah, build on trade management? Yeah. Of course, we all have all the EAs have a stop loss. Um, um, in the Netherlands, there are some other funds that uh, have used margin assistance as well, and uh, I know they have some really, really bad experience with it in terms of performance. Um, we have everything managed um, uh, with just a fixed amount of risk, uh, and all of our systems, except one, um, has a take profit. And between the entry and the take profits, uh, there are several um, um, several trailing or several yeah several trailing techniques, uh, and depends on from trading from fixed lots to um, uh, or, or fixed average fixed uh, percentages uh, to fixed pips. Okay, okay. Now we're going to dive into sort of some general questions here, so uh, more sort of. To do with you and yourself like i mean so what do you think made you different from the average person out there looking to get into trading and you know where you ended up what what do you think made you different i've learned it the hard way uh and really really hard way because i've lost uh, a lot of money my own money i've saved uh, years and years to, to to build some nice uh, uh savings and um the combination between uh, psychology, the experience to lose money and how to not um, manage your money uh, by manual training and all aspects of life, simply um, that you need to sleep um, and the experience with my mechanical uh, uh, degrees that I have some uh, experience um, uh, with building and testing uh, or building programming, uh, uh, how do you say? Uh, trading robots or just no, sorry, tra- uh, programming just uh, software, yeah, software, computer software. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, like C++ programming, yeah. we, I've built um, a lot of Arduino projects. And uh, from there on, those, um, those experiences from the organizations the manual part, uh, I know my weaknesses in terms of psychology and emotions um, combined um, give me and my real delegation because if I want something, I will not stop before uh, before the goal is reached. Um, I think, yeah, that's something. And that so, what, 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 what do you recommend, like somebody who was like listening to this interview and thinking? You know, I want to be like Ruben. What, what do you what What would you say in terms of like steps to get there? What would you say? Look, go ahead and do this. Step by step, and and find some good people around you where you can uh, that can help you and that you can discuss with and share ideas with. Um, I think that's really important. Um, it can be a really lonely journey, 
but if you find the right people to do it with um, and you can gain a lot of knowledge and um, from there on you can gain a lot faster in your experiences and how to build several problems or EAs or strategies because sometimes I do ask other people as well um, how to build something because uh, when it's something really complicated I need an MQL programmer because simply because uh, FX Dreamer is limited um, and I can code a little myself but definitely not um, not uh, not that good Mm. It's interesting, and and what what were the what are the limitations? Because I, I'm sort of I mean I've I'm yet to find any major limitations at all. What no, kind of things it, were you struggling? It depends with? on the on the strategy, but um, what I found out is um, if you want to detect break of structures from a whole area, or uh, let's say if you want to detect break of structures from weekly to the one minute perspective. It's, it's much more easier to uh, let made an indicator, for example, um, and implement that indicator into your FX Dreamer. Of course, you can build a lot of structures into FX Dreamer and build giant pro projects, uh, but it will not make sense. It will make sense, but not in the way uh, of efficient working and do it as quick as possible if you want to test something. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Then, it's, then it can be really helpful to to know a few good people or some friends and uh, that are capable of making some mql based indicators for you mm. yeah so basically it's, it could do it it's just that it's probably quicker to do it that way if you know somebody and you've got the contact and you don't want to yeah, but get, every yeah. mass, what, what i found out as well is if you are managing that for for example five different strategies and five different reas on different pairs you are not capable of managing the drawdown over all those EAs together. And what we have done right now is developed a kind of software that is capable of managing six EAs on one terminal in one time. Oh, okay, so how, do, how does that work? Can you explain how that works? Yeah, imagine a lot of people are trying to uh, pass challenges or verifications like FTMO, uh, etc. And um, then you have 5% drawdown uh, limitations uh, for mm. a day. And imagine if you have five EAs and combined they are reaching 4% drawdown during the day. Yeah. And if you are not able to turn off auto trading, um, you are not capable or you are not, not in time to set everything off. Otherwise, your daily drawdown moment will be hit. And we have made some uh, we have made some software. If you are going to Google it, Google says, and all the MQL for us says that it's not possible to set auto trading off due um, due by uh, MQL, but it is. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I actually built this literally just the other day in an EFX Dreamer, and it took about oh, yeah, cool. it can be done because you you use sorry sorry for everyone that's getting too technical here, but you use the global variable. And you set the global variable, and you set the EA to terminate. Um, you're yeah. turning it back on. You would have to turn it back on manually. I think. I, mean, I haven't actually gone down that route, but you could do that. Yeah. So let's yeah. Uh, let's jump into. Oh, actually, on that point, I was going to say that it's actually a very good point around getting together with a group of people. And what, funnily enough, a lot of the people in the Robot Builders Club just recently wanted to get together 
uh, in smaller groups. So what I might do is actually try and implement that into the into the program. Um, now, what about from a uh, mindset point of view? Like, is there anything sort of that you feel that needs to be, um, I suppose, bought? or somebody needs to have from a mindset point of view when they are getting into auto trading? Yeah, what I've noticed is that um, I was always believing that I can do better than my own EAs. Um, so if I see a specific market behavior or a specific uh, move in the market and my EA was anticipating on that move, uh, I was managing it by, by hand, doing it manual. And sometimes it, it 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 goes in a good way, and sometimes it went wrong. And that was all. That has all something to do with my own psychology and emotions. Um, trying to manage my EA manual, so close positions, adjust stops, adjust take profits, all that kind of things. But please don't, because you have an edge. You have a strategy and uh, do not touch the strategy. Now we're going to jump into the quickfire round here. So first question is, how long do you think it took you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? It took me around four years, three and a half. What's your favorite entry setup with all your strategies? I really prefer the breakout strategies. And... Do you use strategies to exit or manage active trades? Um, not on its own. And do you have a re- recommended trading book or resource? Um, yeah, we are using Oxford strategies, and um, there are a lot of books, or a lot of. At the moment, I'm building a few EAs out of a book, but still testing, and it looks like it's not performing as expected. Um, but Oxford Strategies is a really good one. Okay, not heard that before. So is that on Amazon or is that a, a, uh, a it's service? It's open source. Um, I can share it okay. with you later on. Okay, we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and <clears throat> what about your preferred broker and trading platform? Uh, I do use IC Markets. Um, yeah, I believe the conditions and commissions and spreads are um, quite good. Yeah. And trading platform? Uh, definitely MT4. <laughs> hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And uh, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? My worst ever trade? Um, I believe it was on the Nasdaq, uh, US tech. I was trading it manually. Um, I had two times a few, uh, two times I had a few, a fat finger. Um, so instead of trying to open five lots, it were 50 lots. Um, one time I managed it in the correct way and I've made a quite nice amount of money in the other, um, and in the other end, um, I lose a lot of money. Uh, so fat fingers are definitely, uh, if, I, if I'm executing for my phone, um, are definitely, uh, yeah, n- not that, how do you say? I don't know how you, how you say Convenient. 
yeah. <laughs> not that convenient. Um, okay, brilliant. Look, uh, uh, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to find out more? Get hold of you. Um, I have my own website. It's algoindustries.nl, but it's only in Dutch. And um, you can reach me out on uh, Telegram, uh, trade with underscore uh, Rubin. Um, yeah, if you have any questions or any ideas you want to share with me, uh, please feel free to ask me anything. Brilliant. Well, look, um, a big thank you to Ruben for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with the links he's just mentioned, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Ruben in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. So there you have it, folks. Episode done and dusted for Christmas. Please have a great Christmas holiday period with your friends and family. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of it here on Trading Nut. Do remember, if you do want to check out the Robot Builders Club offer, if you're now really keen on building trading robots without doing any coding, semi-automated, fully automated, uh, turning your trading ideas into bots, joining my weekly live streams I do as part of the Robot Lab there, then yeah, find that link underneath the video or in the podcast description or over there on tradingnut.com and you'll find there's a little special offer over this Christmas break. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you on the other side. Now, also remember that you've got that two-for-one offer on Fidelcrest. So if you're looking to get funded either over the Christmas period or afterwards with one of these funding funding accounts, then yeah, you've got that two-for-one Christmas special with Fidelcrest as well. Folks, have a great holiday period and we'll see you in the next episode.